You are listening to Oblivion. It is June 26, 2023. Nestrovia! Nestrovia of Belarus! This is the Oblivion <laughs> podcast uh, brought to you uh, in exile. Hey, now, so now that I thought of it, I wish I had thought of this uh, before you called, uh, but uh, can you... Um, <laughs> Look on your computer and uh, actually, I can't. I can't write today because the internet's out. So sorry. Oh, did you have storms? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We had some storms and and that uh, did that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I should have looked up back back almost into the Stone Age, David. Hey, wait! Yeah. I think I can do this here on, <laughs> on my end. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, we're getting wild now. This is yeah. getting hardcore podcasting when David's getting the. Tech out. When I become the science <laughs> officer yeah. of the Starship Oblivion. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, anyway, while I do, while I uh, am, uh, of course, very first thing, and this is long before what happened in, in Russia uh-huh. this weekend, uh, first thing that comes up is um, the, um, the, the conflict in Russia, mm-hmm. the supposed mutiny uh this uh yeah you'll have to detail me on that because i've only sure kind of kind of um gotten sort of you just go ahead and tangential uh uh, tangential (laughs) okay uh, well we can we can lead in with the uh uh the titan uh the submarine disaster uh which (laughs) you know which was one of these wild situations where it's entrepreneurs Rich people, uh, this you know, high end tourism sort of thing, where you know it ranges. The top end, of course, is going into space, right? And uh, and this is kind of you know, it's uh, obviously, as we now know, is a very dangerous <laughs> and fraught thing to do, which is go into the deep. I guess in some ways it's even more extreme than in space because of these unbelievable pressures uh, that the uh, the depths put on a vehicle. And um, right. some, t- some details. Especially if you go down there in a Coke can. <laughs> right. So, so what they, what is usually done like cam uh, james cameron the you know the uh, famous movie director who uh went to the very bottom of the marianas trench the challenger deep and uh on his own in a solo thing but uh, you know his thing of course he made goddamn sure that you know it was a solo thing and so he didn't test it you know he later said that you know of course i you know I'd, if you're going to have passengers, you should test your vehicle, right? You should have it uh, <laughs> uh, shown that it can uh, is relatively safe for the situation. Um, right, just and, like we sent uh, unmanned spacecraft into space yeah. first. Yeah. Then we sent the human being up. Yeah, and I mean, of course, the this technology was well known. I mean, his was done more on the. Uh, I think it's like it was an acrylic bubble that he made, which was the chamber. Uh, and I think that's sort of the first one that went down back in 1960 that went all the way down 36,000 feet. Uh, it was like a metal sphere, you know, very thick metal sphere with a little porthole that they could look out. And uh, and uh, so, 
I mean, what this one was, it was carbon fiber, which is uh, extremely strong. But probably the problem comes where you join sections together or you join the the uh, porthole that you look through to the rest of the thing. And uh, where you have the two substances coming together, you can have corrosion problems, right? Or you can have fit problems. And uh, so this is likely where the implosion occurred. And I was reading this one um, uh, expert talking about it, and it was like you could have, if you had a leak the size of a human hair, with less than a second, it would implode the whole thing because, I mean, within uh, milliseconds, it would bore out the hole bigger and bigger, right? So it would just like instantly bore out the hole so big that then it would just gush in and the whole thing would be collapsed, <laughs> right? Because there's three tons per square inch on the hole of this motherfucker, right? So, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and not only that... Um, you know, there have been, all, there have been reports. Uh, the first thing that happened, there was a person that went down in 2019. And while he was going down, it was like uh, these loud popping <laughs> noises were occurring that were very scary sounding. <laughs> and this happened for the whole trip down, you know, to the bottom of this thing. And uh, afterwards, you know, he'd do something about it. And it says, well, you know, you've got some serious trouble here. Now, that was the first one they made. So they did make a second one. Uh, which they've used for like three years. But tellingly, uh, this trip was the first one of the year, and they suspect that uh, corrosion had gotten into these gaps while it was sitting uh, uh, during the winter or whatever, and uh, that made it soft and weak. And, of course, the first time they took it down, bam! You know, go instant goner. So uh, at least they didn't suffer, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. it's still so uh, <laughs> yeah. horrifying. Right, yeah, and it's it, uh, the deep is an extreme situation. In some ways, more extreme than space because uh, the vacuum is not nearly so hard to deal with as all that extreme pressure. You don't need the you know inches of steel or uh, some super uh, composite to hold it back. You know, it's it's not that big a deal. But uh, yeah, and. and and like you were alluding to, and New York Times was talking about that also, at the same time, we have migrants by the, who knows, hundreds dying uh, as they're right. trying to go to Europe. Uh, you know, is there international concern about those lives? Well, no, of course, because they're the poors. Come on. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, we, we've got this dramatic this. situation that's, well, it's got multiple things, right? It's got the Titanic, you know. I mean, how can you not be interested in that? I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a classic and, uh, <laughs> on right. you know, so now there's a, another, it's still killing people all these years later, you know, that's a really good way to put it. <laughs> I mean, I, I was just thinking if, if you had, um, these were all rich people, uh, which ties into the comparison of the media coverage between the Titan disaster and the. Uh, the migrants mm -hmm. dying at sea, mm -hmm. trying to get to Europe where they can claim asylum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I just think if if you or I had all that money, I mean, I think we would do something fun. Mm -hmm. 
Sure. And it's just, it it's boggles my mind that the, the people that have the kind of money, it was what a quarter of a million dollars to yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, that expensive, if not more, to go up in something like SpaceX. Oh or my God! Yeah, that's that's million, that's thing. millions. Yeah. Right. So, um, but uh, I mean, along your point of how uh, space and and weightlessness is not as, um, uh, even though it might be counterintuitive, is, is going deep deep in, into the ocean. It, what they, these people did, just of all the things you could do. It just doesn't seem that fun at all. Like, why do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you probably read uh, about the son, right? Mm -hmm. Who was horrified and did not want to go down. Like, he was very scared. And I just can't imagine feeling that way. But then still, <laughs> but he didn't want to disappoint his father. And so uh. he still had to go, go down there. And it's mm. just, that is... Yeah. Uh, ultimate proof of like how your body knows your body tells you what to do like that's why we have our body but because of christianity we think our body is bad right and it's the brain that can understand uh the bible or rather what the priest screaming at them is telling them that that's the good thing about uh, the human, right? Mm -hmm. That you want to override the body by using your superior intellect of the human brain. And of course, that's a big joke because if anything is anti-intellectual and doesn't want you to use your brain, it's religion, right? It's, it's the church. But um, as far as the, like, if you have all the money to, to, do something like spend a quarter of a million dollars uh, to go down in a soup can uh, so that you can do what? Like to look at a, a, a wreckage, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That That's like celebrating or gawking at, uh, at tragedy, mm -hmm. you know, and it almost makes me think that it, that they should um, go down there and just blow the Titanic up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or send it into space. <laughs> and like enough of this uh, dwelling on this story. And uh, as far as wisdom and philosophy go, we don't even get any of the uh, of the wisdom from the story of the Titanic, right? Mm -hmm. Which is nothing is invincible. Right, right. Right. Anything mm -hmm. can go wrong. Yeah, it um, yeah it is the symbol yeah, of hubris yeah. that it, it was the unsinkable ship, right? And it's maiden voyage, <laughs> you know, goes down. Uh, any anyway, uh, we yeah. don't get any of the um, of the wisdom from the story of the Titanic, right? Which yeah. is that nothing is invincible, and uh, mm -hmm. horrible and tragic things. Yeah. It do was happen, it, it was the unsinkable. Uh, to, it was the human uh, beings. It was the unsinkable right? ship, and you could even say that. It should serve as a reminder that one should, um, um, oh, uh, hedge one's bets, uh, as it were, when it comes to just how much of a high roller you want to be. Like all the yeah. pursuit of these material things, like it was a luxury liner, it was the maiden voyage, right? It was a big deal to be mm -hmm. on the Titanic, mm -hmm. the egomania, 
mm-hmm. right? That is that really what life is about? That you mm-hmm. can uh, go on a luxury cruise mm-hmm. uh, and and that sort of thing. It's <laughs> it's really just more the spectacle and the <clears throat> yeah yeah. So yeah, it was the unsinkable ship, right? I mean, um... right. <laughs> uh, that was kind of one of its billing things, you know, right? Because it had supposedly had these chambers that uh, made it, you know, where if one got uh, overwhelmed, they could just it would just fill that one up and it would be fine. But uh, then they hit a, a real life, uh, struck them in the side there, and they ripped a hole that went through several of them, <laughs> and right. that was that. Uh, <laughs> but in defense, well, in defense of the Titanic, as far as it did have um, second and third class uh, passengers, so it wasn't just a luxury liner. I mean, it did have a hardcore first class liner, and there was, of course, scandal with that. Um, there was a higher uh, mortality uh, with the third class. Uh, steerage people right. um, uh, hard know. to believe yeah <laughs> there there was a little priority given to the uh, first like class the passengers and, yeah yeah and, and uh, that also uh, i mean another bit of uh, wisdom that you could get from from this is yeah. the the hubris right of the yeah. human being like that it's yeah. actually possible to make a ship <laughs> that won't sink <laughs> yeah and it's like no like <laughs> Why do you think that? Why do you think as a human being that you can conquer like physics <laughs> yeah. and the ocean? Think and this 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 stubbornness and not acknowledging the the forces that are around us. I mean that's definitely evident in climate change denial. Mm-hmm. Right? And this this refusal to think that that you're just this little speck on this uh, planet, right? And to think about the combined force of the ocean and the winds and the atmosphere mm-hmm. and all the different dynamics going on, all these different temperatures across the globe and how they literally swirl in and out of each other, the jet stream. Um, but to think, I'm going to, I can do something that no one else has ever been able to do. This is a ship and, and it won't sink. Of course it can sink. Right. And then, so the, and then to, that you have to come up with this, um, like James Bond gadget way of making it so that it won't sink. It'll just fill up one chamber or the others will be fine. Whereas doing something sensible and this makes me think of the response to the pandemic is what if they had just made sure that they all that they had enough lifeboats i mean i think that was one of the problems right yeah. They, oh they yeah were yeah so that was that was really the primary problem right i mean uh, they had some lifeboats <laughs> yeah but like no one maybe said, a third well, that they needed yeah. lifeboats why yeah. not have enough for everyone <laughs> right it, it was almost just like well we're it's, it just shows you how people go through the motions and that mm-hmm. having those lifeboats there was only done probably mm-hmm. as a requirement, mm-hmm. right? Must have X number of lifeboats. And mm-hmm. like, if there were no lifeboats at all, that would have made them look too callous and, mm-hmm. and definitely cocky. Well, we need a <laughs> lifeboat. Yeah, we're going to make it. Right. So this, mm-hmm. this basic fundamental thing that you know will work, Right. If there were if there were enough lifeboats for everyone. I don't know that um, anybody would have died. 
I yeah, mean, maybe I, some people, older people, might have. Uh, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, if you had had plenty of room with lifeboats, I there was a lot of time for people to get on lifeboats. Um, right. So, so they were based. The problem was really that the. Or have were. lifeboats, <laughs> right? And of course, this this um, Titan thing. There was no lifeboats, right? <laughs> I mean, there's no safety margin at all. There is no escape from the situation. And I even wonder about I mean, if the like. I mean, I, you've seen the pictures of it. It was pretty simple little thing. It had like these fan like <laughs> uh, um, things that steered it, right? Uh, and various, uh, you know, they could tilt it this way and that and i was and apparently it was they were controlled by a game controller through some app <laughs> so it was like so what would happen if the electricity went off and they couldn't you know couldn't do so those? it wasn't mechanical <laughs> well yeah it i mean it's all electrical yeah not only was it electrical but it was like controlled through a game controller through a you know <laughs> Yeah, so there were all sorts of levels, and you know there was this, like I was getting to, there was the person who went down, and it made all the loud noises, and he, you know, he, I think the CEO usually goes down uh, with the ship, so to speak, uh, and he finally did this last week, Uh, but uh, then not long afterwards he was at some like conference or something for deep sea exploration craft or something like that and he was kind of like cornered by a whole large group of them uh about his craft and uh then soon afterwards they all did a a, a public open letter talking about how many things were <laughs> or uh worrying about this ship and uh they were fucking right man uh it was just not built well enough and it was a death trap you know um, so yeah it's uh <laughs> it's amazing that nowhere along the line that there wasn't some sort of uh intervention and that um even the uh I, the, the navy could have said uh you know before mm-hmm. you put a person in this and go mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. you know you have to test it you know mm-hmm. and and we w- are going to inspect it right right you know but the people were just like oh mm-hmm. you know you it's yours it's private enterprise yeah private well enterprise. and and like uh james cameron was saying it's all well and good if it's a actually experimental craft if it's not a passenger thing i mean the passenger thing makes it a whole different situation right because you know usually in a a passenger situation you're not expecting to die right or if you do if the chances are there they should be as low as possible right right I mean, <laughs> you know when you go up on everest you know that um everybody knows the situation there and you're pretty much on your own and if you're going to tackle that situation you know there's a pretty good chance that you could die going on on everest everybody knows that but you're not in some kind of depending on somebody else to get it done right <laughs> like going right. down in the ship i mean if you go down in some kind of ship you expect it to be made to be able to handle the situation which this obviously was not <laughs> you know so um yeah um rest in peace i guess um so yeah let's move on uh, yeah let's quickly go through the um to, just to inform me, if anything, about this Russian mutiny, um, I wasn't really sure what this what happened there. Um, what did well, you, sure. What do you, what uh, do you know uh, about it? 
so you you know about this uh, Wagner mercenary group, right? Yeah, I'd heard about that. Detail that just a little bit. Which is uh, this uh, private military uh, group that mm-hmm. uh, is based in in Russia, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Przgogin is, uh, I believe, a uh, a friend of of Putin's. Mm-hmm. And uh, have and the Wagner Group has been doing a lot of the of the fighting and the the strategy. It, it almost seems like that the the high skilled warfare is done by the Wagner Group, and the army is a bunch of young Russian men who are just fodder, right? And you just mm-hmm. send them in, and mm-hmm. the Ukrainians have to expend all of their energy and resources and attention on just killing them, and then the Wagner people go in and. Um, do the, you know, real heavy hitting and um, get things. Uh, um, yeah, kind of like a mercenary special forces kind of thing. Or? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, um, let's see. The, but the uh, the war apparently really uh, is not going uh, well. Uh, for for uh, Russia at mm-hmm. all, and mm-hmm. then there's there is a, a mounting uh, dissent, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently this uh, Priskogin uh, was able to um, convince the the Wagner uh, mercenaries uh, under his command to lead a, a rebellion, and and they were uh, marching toward uh, Moscow, right? I mean, basically Whoa. to overthrow the government wow and um so the story is is that uh as as they were approaching um that a uh, a deal was uh, struck that would allow Priskogin to take exile in belarus um in exchange for uh the russian army not executing the, the Wagner group uh, they're basically not to be like a total breakout of, of civil war. Right. 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 And, um, so it's, it really is, um, uh, I think a pivotal, uh, moment. And of course it, it does, um, if you, if you want to spin it that way, uh, lend, uh, credibility to the, a U.S. response because it, it appears that things are uh, break really breaking down for Putin. On the other hand, right, um, the war is still going, right, and so uh, it, there may be uh, an opposite effect, right, that there may have been this mounting dissent among the Wagner Group and the Russian. Uh, military but this is kind of a catharsis and now or like a pressure valve releasing and so now um russia is going to double down on its efforts to um uh win its uh, war that it started uh against uh ukraine but the latest reports as far as the war goes is that the um um, the Ukrainian uh, counteroffensive uh, has been uh, 
bolstered and uh, emboldened uh, by this mutiny, and um, which is definitely a, an extreme uh, thing. And and uh, many people are saying that that Putin's power has been significantly weakened because it's kind of like now everyone in Russia knows just how many other people uh, don't like Putin and, and don't like the, the war. Uh, and it is interesting in terms of uh, uh, media influence that um, the uh, there was an internet blackout while all of this was going on, right? Hmm. Uh, so the uh, the latest uh, is is saying uh, I have read some reports that um, that they people think that the that the uh, Prescogan, the leader of the um, of the uh, Wagner group, is um, is basically a dead man, right? And that this is kind of um, just a window dressing to supposedly be offering him uh, exile um, in um, in Belarus. Yeah, so <clears throat> I mean that's pretty. But the Wagner Group is was a quite a significant force uh, in Ukraine, right? So this is um, not good for uh, uh, Russia in that sense. Um, yeah, but the the question is: Is it really? I mean, is the Ukraine taking new ground with this counteroffensive that they, they uh, you know, I, I lose track when the offenses and the counteroffenses and the uh, right. Well, uh, as as I was saying, it, I think it basically boils down to two ways that you can look at it. Um, you can say that this is a turning point in the war, and that Ukraine definitely now has the advantage, mm-hmm. right? And it basically. Um, you could say exonerates mm, uh, right, the U.S. Right. foreign policy, yeah. at least with regard to this specific conflict. But then the other way to look at it is the war is still going on, right? Uh, it's uh, at this point. Um, let's see, where would we be? Uh, we're we're one year and uh, four months into it. We have tens of thousands. Of, uh, of people dead and uh, towns damaged, some towns in Ukraine destroyed. And if there has been this mounting tension and Putin is able to put down um, the, uh, this, uh, this mutiny or this uh, dissent that's been building, um, then you have to think that really uh, this it, this uh, turn of events is in the long run just going to further entrench Putin because as long as he's there, he's there, right? And that's all that matters. And so uh, you have to, I think you have to guard against uh, being uh, overly, um, um, but that, that you don't, you don't want to be excessive in terms of, of what people uh uh, make make of this so that i mean the war is still going on and i think that it's, this next month is going to be pretty critical because if the next month goes on and the war continues to grind on as as it has then we'll be able to probably uh determine that the 
long-term effect of this uh, has not been that it's that it's really uh, weakened Putin's uh, power to any significant degree, right? And that the war appears to be um, a stalemate, which uh, is is really my ultimate point in all of this is that the killing should stop. The killing of human beings should stop, right? And that this war isn't really going anywhere, but just to keep grinding uh, on and on and on. However, for, uh, I mean, we can go ahead and just call this uh, July for uh, simple record keeping purposes. But I would say um, if this Ukrainian counteroffensive is really going to get anywhere and beat Russia back, now is the time for it to be happening. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I would guess not. I mean, there's just both sides have too much hardware on the ground, and they're the you know the Russians pretty much have those Russian territories, uh, have a lot of uh, hardware there, a lot of people there. Um, um, I just this idea that I, I don't know the the dream that it'd be like. Uh, Napoleon sweeping across, or, or <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what the, yeah, this would be appropriate because you know apparently a lot of these Ukrainians are Nazis, you know, they'd be like Hitler running across uh, <laughs> Russia towards uh, Stalingrad, but maybe that's a bad uh, <laughs> example because Stalingrad didn't go so well uh, for old Hitler, but uh, right, yeah. and, and that's I, I think uh, yeah, I, I think the stalemate thing is is. Basically, because both sides have so much hardware there, um, and I don't think there's an interest in ending it, right? It's a perfect situation. Very well to, said, yeah. Yeah, and you've said this many times. It's a perfect situation uh, to for Biden or whoever the president is uh, if uh, next time, a uh, perfect situation just to blunt energy away from domestic issues. Uh, there's that side, and then there's also it's – you know, it's an open checkbook uh, for the industri- military industrial complex, right? And uh, <laughs> that kind of segues into this $6.2 billion uh, Pentagon accounting error. <laughs> they just lost. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a joke that is. Like, oh, isn't that amazing? Oops. Once again, it works out. We get to spend even more money on, on the military. <laughs> For, yeah, especially, specifically, I saw something about Ukraine and it made it possible. Uh, now, this seems pretty bad, but actually, and the, there's a upside to this. It makes it where we can use that $6 billion for Ukraine, you know? So, hey. But but in terms of this obsession with um, foreign policy, right, and that that's really what the president, what the government does, I think it really ties into the idea of freedom and that freedom in American politics is only un- understood um, in an international sense, which is um, uh, paradoxical, that it doesn't really have anything to do with what internally makes America uh, better, right? A, a more uh, liberated uh, place for a human being to live than in all of these other countries where you don't have this 
freedom because uh, Biden, when he was rolling out the red carpet for Zelensky, um, is it was talking about how the the war is about freedom, right? And to and the freedom from the darkness of of tyranny. And so that's how the idea of freedom is reinforced: is that we have to fight wars, and we have to keep our allies um, safe from uh, the enemy, uh, which is which is uh, Russia. But freedom, as you can see under the Biden administration, is not defined in terms of keeping Roe versus Wade intact, right? Keeping abortion rights intact and not letting six people by themselves totally destroy it. Uh, and it certainly, yeah. of course, wouldn't have anything to do with, surprise, surprise, can you believe what topic I'm about to bring up? <laughs> marijuana legalization. Ah. <laughs> right? We're not, we're not going to see any of that. So mm. the, the cumulative effect of this is that freedom is not understood as something uh, as something domestic, right? It's understood only in a foreign international context. Like freedom is, we are free from these other countries and these other leaders who uh, would invade us or destroy us, right? First, they'll attack our allies, and then if they uh, conquer our allies, then they'll conquer us. Or in the case of Iraq and Saddam Hussein, there are terrorist enemies and they're going to have these weapons of mass destruction and blow up our city. So we can't be free if we don't, what's that? Have a war, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, um, and and definitely there's no, um, uh, nobody really pushes back on it. I mean, you're not going to hear the people at MSNBC <laughs> talk about how phony and stupid this is when they're uh, praising Biden for his uh, uh, 3,000 pardons for uh, low-level marijuana offenses. That he still hasn't actually processed. That he has, right. But after he spent, <laughs> you know, 40 years just, you know, ruining millions of people's of lives, I guess we could make a quick mention of the violence related to prohibition that's been in the news the postal worker <laughs> yeah right? yeah now that that's an awesome one All right so it's uh uh the reefer madness some some dealer uh criminal uh got reefer madness killed killed his uh postal carrier i mean this happens i mean this is uh, look this is what happens when you legalize uh Marijuana. I mean, everybody goes nuts. <laughs> this is this is this is what happens when you refuse to legalize it. Right? People <laughs> yeah. don't kill each other over. Yeah, yeah, right. It's no longer this gangster land, as we learned. Supposedly, we learned eighty years ago with uh, alcohol that this uh, this does not work. Uh, but, right. But uh, again, okay. to go back to the point about the Titanic. Right. That we don't care about the wisdom that we might yeah. gain from from uh, studying the, these things. Um, but, you know, second to the the son who just couldn't bring himself to say, you know, I am. am you pussy, you get, you get on down there, you pussy. 
I don't want to, I don't want to get, uh, I don't want to get on this thing. I'm not going to do this. Right. Um, then I would have to, you know, this, uh, postal worker, like, was it worth your life <laughs> to not let this person get his pot? Yeah. So, but like, I didn't, like, I didn't see the details. Now, was it just because he left and, because he couldn't deliver it and wanted him to pick it up at the post office? Or was it that he was like, no, you can't add this because it's dope? Was that? I didn't know if it went down like that, or do you know the details? Well, uh, from what I could understand in the, uh, in the, in the article, um, instead of he just gets it delivered, they said come to the post office, and then when he went to the post office, this postal worker wouldn't give it to him. Ah, uh-huh. Right. And so he pretty much figured out that, you know, they they're they're holding this and, um, you know, they're they're going to they're going to bust me. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I think he waited for uh, for her to to leave and followed her and started shooting at her with a automatic weapon, <laughs> which, of course, is wrong. Right. I, I would say. Oh, now, now come like, on, man. I did, I think that falls under the category of overreacting. <laughs> Although these days, yeah, this is kind of getting uh, I mean, middle of the road. She was over ten, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, what do you say? Anything <laughs> over ten is fair game. Yeah. yeah, why not? Let's let's go for well, it. Well, except uh, you had this other story of the seven-year-old shooting the five-year-old. <laughs> I guess uh, it's oh, getting younger well. and younger, David. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, but I mean, ten's a nice round number. So can okay. we just keep it simple? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I really agree we'll with you, David. Footnote. I think like, that you below ten, you shouldn't be able to murder other people with your assault, right? And then, <laughs> right. But well, if you're under ten, I guess it's okay to kill someone who's also under ten. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Yeah. See how our progress. great American minds progress. work. We're able to just compromise and yeah. work out all of this together. <laughs> calm, rational discussion. So, but the thing is with like the postal worker, instead of just, uh, mm. I mean, and I don't know how much money those people make. Um, it's an okay, it's, it's an okay living. Many, yeah. What's that? It's an okay living that has good benefits. It's kind of famous for that. Yeah. Right, I mean, from what I understand, right, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not so bad. But yeah. Just All right. Yeah. Under any case, like, uh, like, holy, like, I'm gonna, I am not just a postal worker, right? You know, now I have to be, yeah, uh, yeah Harry a dr- Callahan, a drug warrior, in yourself, yeah. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a drug warrior, and it just shows that, uh, that extreme conservatism that just runs through the population that everybody's just so mm-hmm. jacked up on this. Yeah. I'm here to save the day. I am all there is between the entire rest of the world mm. and complete collapse of morality and the functioning of society. If I don't do my duty, everything will uh, fall apart. No. I am... <laughs> Number one, and and she, like, I know you're gonna. <laughs> I'm suspicious about this, and and what's what's really uh, from a like way that this should be handled? Like if if it was suspected to have marijuana in it, 
um, then why not just immediately hand it over to law enforcement, right? Law enforcement can say, let's go ahead and let him have the package, right? And then when he leaves, <laughs> we'll, we'll arrest him, right? Although I guess that would have just meant that <laughs> the cops would have gotten shot out or they would have had to have shot and killed in. But the obvious point is um, this is just another example of uh, the uh, violence and uh, the, the misery. And I, I don't know how the loved ones of this postal worker can, although I'm sure they will, uh, can rationalize like, like now your, your daughter, your sister is dead. Right, because she uh, wasn't going to let some person, uh, some other person, have a bag of marijuana. Like, I mean, I just think that you're such a loser and just such a dumbass mm -hmm. to want to keep living this way, and uh, especially with this policy of, of marijuana prohibition. Um, but the love for violence and needing to be a hero. Uh, is just so um, chronically ingrained, per pervasive. In, so yeah, let's let's move to character. the let's move to uh, Oklahoma uh, on the same subject, cannabis. Uh, now the first story you sent me was the uh, Oklahoma apparently produces by some some measure uh, uh, estimated sixty four times uh, the demand local demand. I guess it is. And so it's implied that a bunch of it's just heading out of state, right? <laughs> or on the gray right. market there in Oklahoma, if at the very least. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's that. Which of course, I mean, they my, could have just gone ahead and legalized yeah. it earlier this year. I yeah. think. Yeah, and, and then then you sent me this other. This. Yeah, you sent me this other article that it's then this like this enforcement unit is going to start cracking down on. Like this kind of thing, or um, was that the? I, I couldn't pull up the article because the internet's out, but it was. Uh, yeah, well, one article I read was that the supply was sixty-four to one mm -hmm. over the number of registered mm -hmm. medical marijuana patients in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So, Oklahoma has medical marijuana law, which means that if you're uh, 18 or over that in with a doctor's note, you get a medical marijuana card, you can go and to a marijuana shop and legally get it. And mm. what Oklahoma did was they just did a, they did a, a, a real, what I would call legal medical marijuana setup, which, which was, it was a uh, supply and demand. There weren't these uh, strict arbitrary limits on how many dispensaries uh, th there could be. Mm. And it apparently it was not uh, difficult to get mm -hmm. uh, a card. Right. It, it was fairly uh, inexpensive, like a thousand or two thousand dollars. Right. And it was also inexpensive. I mean, to get to get a set to get a producing license is what I'm. Yeah. Exactly. Right. To, to become a grower mm -hmm. or to set up your own uh, business. Right. And right. of course, that's how it should be. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's that way with everything else, right? It doesn't cost a fortune to open up a shoe store. <laughs> Right or a used clothes store or a grocery. Why should it cost a quarter of a million dollars just to even begin to be able to sell pot? Um, and so uh, it has become a thriving uh, 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 industry. 
um, and the opponents of of uh, marijuana have, have are in Oklahoma have argued that it's given way to um, brazen criminal criminal gangs, like a lot of uh, Chinese. Notice the xenophobia. <laughs> mm-hmm. Chinese gangs <laughs> coming into Oklahoma and taking advantage of the laws, and they get their uh, license to, to grow, and they just grow tons of pot, and they uh, they export it, right? And so uh, the the, uh, the momentum for the marijuana movement uh, really changed uh, earlier when uh, what was expected to be a close vote was actually a, a blowout on the no side for legalization, uh, which I thought was um, made Oklahoma look uh, pretty bad. Like, why would you basically already have it de facto legal? You have all of this, this pot, all of these shops. Like, what's the point? Right. And then the apathy of people who I think you were pointing out, if they can already get it themselves, what do they care if it you know, it's actually legal period. And, um, um, and so anyway, it, it, it got defeated and now they're, they're really, um, having a big time just talking about how bad all of this is and, uh, that they're going to be, um, uh, that they're going to start cracking down on it and that they think that Oklahoma is a major exporter of illicit, uh, cannabis and, uh, the, the real problem, I think you would agree, is that the other states and the federal government uh, hold on to prohibition. Right? Otherwise, there wouldn't be this uh, demand that couldn't be met locally. Right. And then you wouldn't have these you know, epicenters allegedly of um, of export places. But here's another way to look at it. Right. All of this is basically a bunch of bullshit, right? That there's this was a burgeoning industry. Lots of people went to Oklahoma or lots of people who were already there got in on it, growing lots and lots of pot and they're making money, which is what capitalists do. It's what business people do. You start things up and you're able to find an outlet for your your product. And that while I don't doubt that as is the case with anywhere in the in the nation that uh, that pot goes from one state to another for whatever reason. A lot of this pot is just staying there in Oklahoma, and a lot of it, I'm sure, is just sitting in bags and in containers in warehouses, right? Because of prohibition, that it can't smoothly and easily just get to where. It's it's in demand of. And so the question I want to ask is this. We already know that this is the case in Oregon and in, uh, I think, uh, Washington State and in Northern California. Right. The people have all this pot and they can't move it. But supposedly it's just like it's got wings and it's just flying out of Oklahoma, of all places, (laughs) everywhere. Uh And so I think a lot of this is 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 highly exaggerated that if Uh there is a part of the country that is supplying the places where prohibition is still in place, most likely it is Northern California and Oregon, which have always been the, uh, the major producers of marijuana in the United States and the major uh, exporters of it. I mean, if you know anything about pot, uh, you should already know this. So 
if this is already going on and even Oklahoma, I'm sorry, even Oregon and Northern California has a surplus of pot that is just sitting there, most likely that is the same case, if not even more so in Oklahoma, right? And so really it's, it's not a, this uh, end of the world. I'm a postal worker. I'm going to give my life to stop you from getting $1,600 worth of pot, right? Um, it's really more of a business issue that if, if you're one of the many people that got in on this uh, big green rush back in 2018, you're now probably left with an overproduction uh, problem, right? And your profits are going to dwindle, if not pretty much cease. Cease. That'd be the takeaway. Cease. Cease and desist. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that, um, I, I think it's definitely the numbers inflated uh, this 64 times, some whatever arbitrary. Right. And how do they know is, it's exactly that much? Yeah. Right. right even, like a, a more credible argument would be to say that there is an oversupply. Yeah. You know. Right. And but, yeah. And, so what? Yeah. And, and and it's and it's a strange situation, in Oklahoma, right? Because you've got you obviously have some extreme reactionaries. I mean, Oklahoma is kind of famous for you know Okie from Muskogee, uh, that kind of shit. Um, yeah, they. I guess it's the libertarian strength was allowed this medical. Uh, marijuana legal, uh, you know, med- uh, medicinal legalization uh, right. was as as extreme as um, near legalization altogether as you can get in Oklahoma. De facto legalization. So you've got it everywhere, and you know, there's a lot of money coming out of that. I've no doubt um, uh, for the you know the treasury. Uh, right. That's, that's got that's got to be making some people happy. Um, which There's any pl- business person, anybody who would yeah. honestly call themselves a capitalist, would uh-huh. say this is a good thing. Yeah. Right. So I'm I'm sure there's uh, there's the best a way there's to a, handle there's obviously a big split at the top um, of the political hierarchy in o- Oklahoma that you still got these drug warrior cop people. They're still like. Uh, well, I think it's Biden and the feds. Is yeah. what I think. I but think I mean, what state- about the vote, though? I mean, they didn't. They didn't just go ahead and legalize it. That one still kind of puzzles me. Uh, why well, the electorate decided it, not it, to legalize it? It puzzles me too. Like, how can you have, all you know, de facto legalization already, right? In this permissive, um, open-ended medical marijuana system, and why wouldn't you just say, yeah, we'll go ahead and legalize it? But I think it was it was two things. I, I think that in most of the country. The conservatives are much more intense, right, about their beliefs and views than the non-conservatives, mm. right? So they were fired up to get out and vote and to mm. shut this down. They also had where, five where, years. Whereas the, the stoners were just laying back on the couch, dude, not well, being apathy, bothered by it. <laughs> right. I mean, I think you, you were right about that. I think a lot of it is the apathy and the that most people in Oklahoma that, you know, like pot and need it, they're like, well, I already have it and I can get it. What do I give a shit? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And so they didn't even, mm-hmm. they didn't even show up. Right. Yeah. And that has to account uh, for the fact that uh, the, okay, that the yeah. no people showed up and exactly. the, the people that wanted, wanted it to be legal 
uh, didn't. But what I can't believe, I mean, you want to talk about a loser, man, like you really like pot and and you have a chance to vote to make it legal and you you don't get excited and motivated to go do that. Well, that's just what pot does to you, David. I mean, you know that. Uh, it's just. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this is what happens. The You release the pot to the people and they just turn into couch potatoes, um, unmotivated. Um, you know, what, what can you say? Um, Inter- interesting. And we'll have to ponder this uh, for, for next week, uh, how so much apathy could have existed in the United States before 2012. <laughs> so that that was that was the big uh, moment. What happened in 2012? Uh, it was when uh, Colorado and Washington State legal. Oh, I see. OK. <laughs> Beating California to the punch there. Well, yeah, I guess I guess California the first time around uh, didn't um, they had medical for a long time. Right. And then they had a vote for general legalization that didn't go. And then they after Colorado, that's when they finally yeah. did it. OK, yeah. So maybe Oklahoma will come back and uh, write their. Um, the well, problem. it could. And, yeah. and uh, another thing that strategically uh, didn't wasn't done so well and that this is what the normal people I'm sure already realize is it's best to have these initiatives on the general election ballots. That's what it was. November of 2012 presidential election, right? Like having it by itself Uh, uh, definitely increases the likelihood that fewer people will turn out to vote. Right. And so of the total people who do turn out to vote, most of them are going to be a bunch of cranky cunts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that that's a good point. And so, yeah, I'm assuming that's going to be the next move, that they'll try to reintroduce it on an actual, uh, uh, you know, regular election, general election date. And uh, maybe it'll go through this time, the next time. But uh, all right, man. Anything else on our list we need to cover? Uh, I think we're good. Yeah, uh, man. Staying above sea level. I got to go smoke that Oklahoma weed I got. I got two tons sitting in the backyard here. Starting we're to get a little moldy. Out of the sky. <laughs> yeah. We had the storm yesterday, it. and it was just covered. <laughs> Two-inch size nuggets. They came well, what, cut. Was the, what was the new strain that that I came up with after reading about the postal <laughs> worker that got killed? He wouldn't give the guy his pot. The special delivery. Special delivery is that? Yeah, the new strain, pot strain, special <laughs> delivery. All right, we got a title for this week. All right. <laughs> Look up in the sky, man! Here comes all your sooner bud. That special <laughs> delivery, man, it's gonna fall in your lap. Any second now. Uh-huh. It's a new version of the land of milk and honey. All right, you're a nomad listener. Don't don't go down that sub. Listen to what your body tells you. For my colleague, David Miller, this is Dr. David W. Overby, and you've been listening to the Oblivion Podcast.